Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Thanks to the Biden administration's incompetent withdrawal, thousands of Americans remain trapped in Afghanistan. And now, nonprofits are going to Kabul to save these people stranded behind Taliban lines because the administration has turned its back on American citizens. Today, I introduce you to two of these organizations doing the brave work of saving lives when government won't act. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this Wednesday's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. As you know, the media, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but coverage of Afghanistan. So many people are talking about it, and rightfully so. But as you know, and we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I have a special guest, Brandon Tatum. You probably know of him. You've heard of him. He's an incredible and very affluential conservative black activist. He'll be joining us later on in the show. But I wanted to talk to you about the situation on the ground at Kabul and what two very special organizations who I've communicated with, I've worked with, I know the people heading them up are doing in order to, I think, save some of Americans that are basically stranded. We know that Jen Psaki, our White House press secretary, is saying that Americans are not stranded in Afghanistan, but she's lying. They obviously are. We've seen the footage. And we are fortunate enough to live in a time where these people have access to cell phones and they're able to show the world what's happening. Because I guarantee you, if they didn't have that technology, we wouldn't be seeing the footage now. And a lot of people would think that this withdrawal is not as bad as it currently is. But before we get into these organizations, I want to share a tweet that I actually found. And it's important because it shows that these organizations are going above and beyond. They're not just talking about it. They're finding solutions and they're taking action. And that's something that we could all do. When 340,000 Brits were trapped at Dunkirk, Churchill sent fishing boats across the channel to rescue them. While 10,000 Americans are trapped in Afghanistan, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says, we don't have the capability to go out and collect large numbers of people. All right. That should just show (laughs) the state that we are at in our country where you have the secretary of defense 
sitting there flat out in a press conference lying to the American people. We do have the capability for those wondering to rescue large amounts of people. We have the aircraft to do it. We have the manpower to do it. They're just choosing not to do it. Now, these organizations that I want to address, one of them is Global Surgical Medical Support Group, and the other one is the Nazarene Fund. I can tell you that I know both people that are organizing and basically have headed up these organizations and that these organizations are going into Kabul and they are actually taking people out, which is something that I never thought in my lifetime I would ever see Americans having to go rescue Americans in the private sector because our own government and our own White House, our own administration has turned their back on the American people. There's not one person that I've met. There's not one person that I've talked to. I'm talking Democrats, independents, Republicans that genuinely feels good about the state of Afghanistan and which how this withdrawal was conducted. And there is something within the military community called intelligence driving operations. And you cannot tell me that the secretary of defense and that the White House was not briefed on the threats that would exist if they withdrew the military before civilians. You cannot tell me that they did that and that they didn't know what the consequences were going to be because of that. Unless we are being completely run by idiots, there's no way that you can tell me that they didn't understand the impact of that decision. So the first group, Global Surgical Medical Support Group, I came across them about five years ago. It's headed up by Dr. Aaron Epstein. He is a neurosurgeon, and he actually started this organization because organizations like Doctors Without Borders didn't think that it was a good look to hire veterans, that it wasn't good for their branding. And so he realized that if you're going to go into these war situations, if you are going to be offering medical services and working with allied forces and trying to genuinely help, would it not make sense to bring on people that had experienced those situations before? So why not hire military veterans? So the organization as a whole is comprised of a majority military veterans that have now moved on, whether they're in the special operations community or not, um, have moved into the medical career fields and are now still volunteering and doing great things across the world. So they were operating in Syria with the Kurds, and they have since moved forward and are now offering their services to evacuate Americans actually in Kabul. So on Tuesday morning, they were actually able to fly in and they are working on extractions as we speak. The other organization is one that is, again, headed up by Tim Ballard. So you may have heard his name before. He is also one of the heads of Operation Underground Railroad, which is a counter-trafficking organization for children. But the Nazarene Fund is actually focusing on rescuing Christians in the Middle East. And Glenn Beck is connected to that organization. They raised an incredible amount of money in the last couple of postings that they've done. And rightfully so, they are investing in extracting people that will essentially be slaughtered by the Taliban. And if you look at some of the stories coming out of Breitbart, talking about how the Taliban is literally raping the bodies of some of these people that they're murdering. I mean, it is complete chaos over there. And we are fortunate enough and blessed enough to be in a country where there are still good people who are willing to answer that call. And I think that so many of us could really learn from all of that. So many of us could realize that we can't just talk about it. We can't just complain about it on the internet. You have to take action. And that if you have the ability to do so, please do that because there's so many, there's so much evil in this world. And if there's one thing that I could ask all of you to do, it's to be the light in a dark world. And that's something that we really need right now, especially in this country. So that's why I wanted to bring on Brandon Tatum. Brandon Tatum is someone that I met at Turning Point USA. 
he was hired on with me around the same time. So it was he, uh, myself, Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, and we actually would travel the country together and do debates at college campuses. But I wanted to bring him on because like you know, my platform is one that I hope to elevate other voices that are breaking the stereotypes that exist within the mainstream media, especially about conservatives. Brandon Tatum grew up basically not in a good situation and turned his life around, found God, became a police officer, and has since to date become one of the most affluential conservative black activists in the country. And the fact that he chose to take that initial step forward to actually pursue what his heart was telling him to do, which was to speak the truth, is something that we all need to be doing today. So if you'll sit tight, we'll be back right after this commercial break with Brandon Tatum, former law enforcement officer, very, very amazing person. Stay tuned. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined now with Brandon Tatum, not only someone who I'm proud to call my friend, but someone that who's not only a, a former law enforcement officer, but also one of the most prominent conservative black activists in the country. Brandon, thank you so much for joining Luna Talks today. If you can, real quick, please introduce yourself to everyone and tell us your story. Well, um, I think you you started off a little bit. I, I was in uh, policing in Tucson, Arizona for about six and a half years, um, honorably served. I was on the SWAT team. I did everything. I trained new officers, how to become officers. I trained at the academy. I was a spokesperson, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I was an All-American football player coming out of high school. I went to the University of Arizona, which led me to be in Tucson, where I was a police officer. I was in. Uh, I went to the University of Arizona to play football for about five years. I was in the NFL draft in 2010. Unfortunately, I didn't get drafted. Um, which led me to policing. And then after policing, I got into politics, started doing podcasting and uh, worked for Turning Point USA with you and, you know, so on and so forth, man. I've done so many things after that. And now, <laughs> and now I'm at this point. Well, I mean, I will never forget. We were at, I think it was Ryder University in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And we were supposed to go talk to, I don't know, like 30 kids. And we showed there's like 500 protesters. I mean, it was crazy. So they're like battle hardened from the beginning in regards to how to actually start the conversation. Sometimes when people don't even want to hear it. Um, but you know, going, going into kind of your service and what you experience as a law enforcement officer, I can't help but think, especially right now that, you know, you've been in situations where it has been life and death. You've been with people who have not been good people that you had to basically say like, okay, enough is enough. I'm thinking about what people are going through on the ground right now, currently in Afghanistan and what our military service members are experiencing in Kabul that are in charge of policing security and whatnot. 
it's no secret, I think, at this point in time that the Biden administration did not have a plan for that withdrawal and that if they did have a plan, it was backwards. And <laughs> Maybe they're too much so focused on the whole woke ideologies. But I mean, what is your perspective on everything taking place? Yeah, I think it's a disgrace, you know, um, to remove our troops the way that Joe Biden did. I mean, is it inevitable that we had to get out of Afghanistan? Yeah, it may have been. I mean, we don't need to be over there for eternity. However, there's a strategy to it. And when you produce the proper strategy, you get good results. It makes it easier for people on the ground. It makes it safer. Uh, but when you pull out our troops um, prematurely, and leave American citizens and allies and people that we're now trying to extract right now, you know, we leave them there. You pull the troops out. Now you got to send back triple the amount of troops to try to do the excavation. I mean, it, it is incredibly um, disappointing for me. Um, we, we look weak on the stage, on the world stage. And, you know, Joe Biden is just incompetent. I mean, it speaks to his incompetence and not just him. You know, obviously he's not the one pulling the trigger on everything, right? So it, it speaks to the incompetence of him as a leader because the buck stops at him, but also his administration and people that are in place that are supposedly are making these military actions or are suggesting these military actions, they're making, they're doing an incredible harm. I mean, people are dying um, as a result of what Joe Biden did. I can tell you that when I saw that video that came actually out of the White House where they had brought on a TikTok influencer, and then you see that that's being promoted directly on the White House's social media channels. And then you see that, you know, the military was talking about how we need to, to focus an effort in understanding, and I quote, white rage. And that was from an acting general within the military. And then you see that this whole strategy seems like it was done backwards. I mean, you're obviously a conservative black man and you have, and I've seen you go through such hate from people because you're simply standing up for your ideologies and your beliefs. But in regards to what the military is doing with critical race theory and how they are, in my opinion, are segregating the military now. I mean, what is your message? You know, military service members, you are a, essentially a law enforcement officer. So you've worked with people from all colors and creed. What is your message to them? Yeah, I mean, when I was a police officer, you know, a, a large majority of the guys that I worked with were, were former military and some of them were still um, in the reserve. And so they would do military duties and be police officers. So I spoke to them all the time. I still know people in the military and it's a mess. I mean, it is happening. The last place that we should see critical race theory and pushing uh, of racial identity and all of this woke stuff should be in the military. The military is our last line of defense. You know, the military should be pure. People should be worried about life and death and war and how we can protect, you know, on the homeland and abroad. That's all we should be worried about. Nobody cares about your sexuality. Nobody cares about your gender. How many people you sleeping with? What you what you think about <laughs> yourself today or tomorrow, whether you whether you want to be a man or not. None of that matter. equal pay and all this other stuff they try to enforce. And nobody cares about that. We need to be fighting wars and winning. And I think it's, it's doing an incredible disservice to our military by pushing division. Because if you're going to talk about white rage and white privilege and, and the white man is bad, what do you think that's going to create on the military that we have that are, that are very diverse? You know, black military personnel, some may feel some type of way about white people. And that's, and that, that's not the environment that you want. And people that I talk to in the military talk about the division that's occurring. I mean, and it's not just the military. They're doing this in policing. They do this in sports. And it's causing such an incredible division that's weakening us, um, especially militarily. But I, I just I'm sick of the wokeness. You know, political correctness is killing people. Council culture is killing people. I mean, literally. And so I wish we would get away from that. 
and get back to the basics. It's interesting too, because you see Jen Psaki. So she was at a White House press briefing. I think it was yesterday. And she goes, you know, Americans aren't stranded. They're not left behind. And then you go and you see the footage that's actually coming out of some of these people that are literally just have cell phones. They're saying, hey, we need help. We're stuck here. I think it was the State Department actually had emailed out visas for people to print off. So how are you going to vet all these people if they are Americans? Maybe they're not. I mean, like it's just such chaos and catastrophe. And then you see what the actual talking points are from the White House. Obviously, you've been to the White House several times. I mean, you look, there's like a day and night difference between these two administrations. So I guess my next question for you is, you know, Kamala Harris has been very, very quiet. And a lot of people are talking about the potential that Kamala Harris, are they going to try to basically make her president in 2024? What do you think? hundred percent. I mean, Joe Biden has one foot in the grave. His brain is circling <laughs> the drain at this point. And everybody can see it. It's not even it's not even just because I'm I'm conservative and I vote Republican majority of the time. It no, has nothing to do with that. The guy is incompetent and we can see that they, they're setting up the racial and sexual identity in Kamala Harris to then proceed future elections. They are going to force her into into being the president and they're going to push feminism and all this radical left things that they could not previously push. And it's going to set the precedent. So now in future elections, what are they going to do? They're going to force this woke ideology. They're going to force trans and all kind of stuff to be the president, not because uh, the person is the best qualified. It's because they want to push an agenda. I think the next president is going to be a gay woman. I, just the way just the way they're doing in our country. But um, Kamala Harris and the White House and all this, it, it's it's the reality of the projection that they did under Trump. They projected chaos under Trump. There was not chaos under Trump. They projected that it was all you know radical and Trump was out of control and then everybody. It, it, no, this is really happening in the Biden administration. I mean, Kamala Harris is completely incompetent. They picked the person who was probably the worst candidate running for president. And she alluded to the fact that Biden was a racist during the campaign. Oh, yeah. It's it's all a facade. Yeah, she did that. And then it was interesting, too, because now you hear like out of the White House that their offices don't even really talk. I don't want the president of the United States and the vice president of the United States to have offices that are not talking. Okay, like we are fighting China. China hates us. They want to wipe us off the face of the planet. Now we have the Taliban that has been armed to the teeth with military equipment. And you have the vice president and the president's office apparently not talking. TikTok influencers running all over the White House, releasing videos. And then China is basically being like, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to the United States. I want to talk about, though, right after this quick break, about your story and how you found God, because I think a lot of people are realizing that we're fighting a spiritual battle right now. So if everyone will sit with us real quick, we'll be right back after this short break. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, 
Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm here with Brandon Tatum. Brandon, I know that you have a spiritual journey and that's actually what I think really changed your life and turned it around. Can you share your story with us? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. It's my favorite part. So, you know, I, I grew up like like most people in the country. You know, I think majority of people in the country are religious to some degree. I grew up, you know, in the church, but the church wasn't in me, you know, which means that I mean, we didn't really take it seriously. You know, we went at a, at a religion and routine. But when I got a little older is when things really started changing for me. When I got to college in 2005, you know, I had a difficult time in football and that was my life. Football was my God at that point. And once it started going downhill, like many people, you begin to question your faith. You begin to question, you know, what am I doing? Is God real? You know, am I Catholic? Am I Christian? Like, what does this really mean to me? And how did this apply to my life? And so I went through that battle and, and it came down to the fact of saying, I want to see if God is really real. And I started going to church. Um, I went to a few churches I did not like. And then I finally went to a church, Emmanuel Grace Apostolic Church, when I, when I was in Tucson. And it was like home to me. And, and God had given me visions and dreams of, of being saved, you know. And, and, and those things propelled me to continue to go to church. And for the first time in my life, I actually heard a, a preacher preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I never forget, he, he spoke about the door. You know, in the Bible, it says Jesus is a door and a way to the Father, but through Christ. And he was saying, you can't go around it. You can't go under it. You got to go through the door. You got to go through Christ. And I ended up getting baptized and, and, and filled with God's spirit. And it, it completely changed my life forever. I mean, I used to have gold teeth in my mouth. I used to listen to rap music. You know, I used to cuss every word out of my mouth. And God just changed me. It was almost like an overnight thing once I surrendered and said, you know what, I want, I want things to be different for me. And it just took me on a different trajectory. You know, I quit looking at race. You know, race was a big thing. You know, black, white, you know, racism and all this. It, it just went away. It was like, you know, we're all God's children. And we should focus on treating each other um, that way. And, and from that point forward, I mean, God has been an incredible blessing in my life. Um, and it's made me the man that I am today. Do you think that with everything that we're seeing, because I know sometimes when I see people getting attacked and I see people speaking truth, and then they get attacked and I sit back and I'm like, you know what, if you can just for a moment, quiet your mind and realize why you're being attacked, it's because you're being spiritually attacked. Do you think that the more that we are taking on, I think this like dark energy, this dark spirit that's happening currently in our country, do you think the more that we take that on, the more that we're going to be attacked? A hundred percent. I mean, it's biblical in the Bible. It says in the last days, good to be evil and evil be good. And you're going to be attacked and there's going to be false preachers and, and teachers. And, you know, all of these things are already uh, prophesied in the Bible. And that's what's happening. You know, when I look back and I see people that are so evil, that are so deranged, that are so brainwashed, and there's nothing you can say to them to fix the way they think. I mean, they, they're just incredibly hateful because you don't believe politically what they believe or because you're a certain race and they begin to turn on their family members because of rhetoric. And you say, how is it that I can even present truth to you? I've been your friend for 30 years and you can turn on me. And I, and I think that we should sit back and say, it's not just the person that you're looking at, it's an influence. It's a demonic influence that people are trapped under that creates this environment in their mind of hatred, jealousy, envy, because a lot of the hate that you and I receive is not just because of, you know, you being Hispanic and, and speaking truth and me being black and speaking truth. It's because people are incredibly jealous. 
that you can speak freely, that you're confident, that you have a, a, a what they perceive as a good life, and, and, and you bother the things that are internally within within them. The hundred percent, you nailed it. It's like sometimes you'll be talking, and it's not you; it's them. And you say something and that truth, oh my gosh, whatever they're holding, whatever they're carrying, it is, it's interesting to sometimes see the physical reactions. I remember you and I, what we must've been, maybe we weren't in Ohio or something. We were at a school and I remember we were with a group of people and sometimes these kids would come up and they would just want to fight. And you're like, look, I'm an, a grown adult. Like I'm not going to fight with you, but you'd sit there trying to have a respectful conversation and they couldn't handle it. They would just shut down or get angry or yell. And it's like that type of stuff. I think if people could only see what's really happening to the youth of our nation, you know, I always say that was kind of, for me, the, the training that I needed to, I think, move forward and do what I'm doing now. And I know for you too, you're crushing it. I mean, you're basically one of the most prominent, aside from Candace Owens, you're one of the most prominent conservative black voices in this country. And I see all of that. And it just reminds me that we are really fighting, I think something a lot more spiritual than we realize. So I know that you've been motivational and that you are an incredible speaker. Are you doing any events anytime soon where people can go see you? I mean, tell us about your YouTube show. Yeah. So my YouTube, I'll start with the YouTube YouTube show. I think I got almost 1.7 million subscribers. You know, I oh my do, gosh. I do daily shows. I do interviews and stuff like that. I mean, most of what I do is just commentary about topics that people, everybody's talking about, you know. I'm giving my take on it, uh, speaking truth, uh, revealing things that will not come out on the, on the media because, you know, they have an, a vested interest in lying to people. Um, so I do that a lot. Uh, as far as speaking, I kind of slow down because I have a, a baby now. Um, he's six months old. Congratulations. And, and, you know, I kind of I want to stay at home with my family. But if something comes up, people can always find that through my website at theofficertatum.com. Uh, the if I have an event, we'll put it up on there. We'll share it on my social media so people can uh, participate. But for the most part, I'm just here trying to do what's right, you know, making as many videos, waking as many people up as I can. I guess one of the most incredible things that that's going to occur on November the 30th is my first book I've ever written. Um, it's coming out November the 30th. It's called Beating Black and Blue, Being a Black Cop in America Under Sea. So I'm kind of excited about that. That was a dream I had when I was a cop and now it's come to fruition. That's amazing too. And it's like, you hear your stories, especially I know right now it's kind of toned down. It was interesting at the end of 2016 or really right before the election, I felt like that was the first time that I realized that the media was actually pivoting this whole racial issue within law enforcement. And then actually I'd say even wrongly stereotyping the black community because they don't show people like you on television. They like to say that the black community is stereotyped as this, you know, ghetto community and it's not. Um, but then also too, you see what happened with the BLM riots moving all through president Trump's election cycle and then into 2020. And I think that your story is so instrumental in waking people up to realize, you know, defunding the police hurts minority communities. There are very, very respectable and good law enforcement officers, and they're not just white, they're black, they're Hispanic, they're all different colors of the rainbow. And it's completely damaging to be stereotyping like that. Where can people find you on your social media? Yeah, the Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. Um, if you put the Officer Tatum or Officer Tatum in anything, you'll see it'll pop up on Google or, or uh, DuckDuckGo, which, whichever search engine you want to use. <laughs> um, it'll all pop up there and you can find me on just about every platform. 
Okay. My last question for you before you go, because I know I've been talking you off here for a minute, um, is with everything that we have in the country, I like to try to keep the show a little bit more positive because I feel like so many people see what's happening and then they just want to turn off their TV. They want to turn off social media. They just don't want to deal with it. What do you think is a way that people can help out? And then also do, what do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years with our country? Do you think that we're going to come back from this or, or what is, what is on your heart? I'll give you two scenarios on the bounce back of America, you know, and, and I'm, I have to be a realist with this. It's going to go one or two ways. Now we all know the negative way. If we continue down this path and people don't stand up and be bold and speak out and, and stand up against some of these things, we're going to go down a, a spiral drain. Um, if we do stand up, which I think a lot of people are waking up to this. I mean, it, people that I never thought would send me videos of people blatantly <laughs> lying on the, on the news. My friend is, is sending me all these vaccination videos and I'm like, dude, I didn't even know you were in a politics. So, <laughs> so many people that are waking up and saying, Hmm, there's something to this. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting to be enlightened. People are not just walking around like blind sheep, you know, people are waking up. And when, when Americans wake up just like nine 11, and when we have these crucial points in our history, we'll wake up our, the best of us come out. You know, this division has, has gotten to a flame point, you know, like it, it, it's 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 to a, such a heightened point that people are sick of it. They're sick of the division. They see what's going on. And I think it's going to create some unity that we didn't necessarily have before. And so that's the way I see it going. If we do what's right, if people stand up and be bold like you and I, despite people not liking you or not want to talk to you no more, family members being disappointed in you, you got to stand up because little did we know that standing up will create us with such a, a platform that we have so much influence. You know, yeah. just imagine if you and I never said anything because we were worried about what people were thinking. That's millions of people not being influenced that could have otherwise been influenced. So I think the country can go down an incredible path if we stand up, if we stand against these things, we inform our brother and sister about what's going on, understand it's a spiritual battle, build our relationship with God, and also project that to the world. I think that we are going to be um, highly successful as a country. Well, everyone, if you've tuned into the show, definitely make sure you check out Officer Tatum. He has an incredible YouTube show, amazing, amazing commentary on it. And then also to your social media pages, fire. I go to it and I'm like, man, Brandon's posting some banger stuff on there. So <laughs> check him out, add him, follow him on Facebook, Instagram. I'm sure you have Getter, Twitter. You're on all the platforms and YouTube. <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. We appreciate having you on and we'd love to have you back again soon. Before we go, I want to thank Brandon Tatum again for a great interview. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. To hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Anna. You can also find me on Twitter, Parlor, Facebook, and Instagram at Real Anna Paulina. And a special thank you to producer Drew Steele, writer Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. 
Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.